Last Place Podcast fans. Boy, do we have a great episode for you today. We're joined by Jesse Cole, president and owner of the Savannah Bananas. He gives us some stories behind the creation of the team, his motivation, why he comes to work every day, and why the MLB should change. We also call up our old friend Blake Wiggins from episode one to get a vibe check on the Atlanta Falcons and their abysmal start to the season. Uh, we rattle off our top five sports traditions, check off a couple of bucket list butts and seats promos. Uh, hope you enjoy. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Last Place Pod. Subscribe to us, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. And as always, let's roll it. Here's the one-two pitch to Palmero. A ground ball past Jenks up the middle of the infield. Uribe has it. He throws. Out! Out! A White Sox winner and a world championship! Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Last Place Podcast. We have Tyler, Sam, myself, Anthony. We are very excited for today's eighth episode of the podcast. It is your Steve Young, your Lamar Jackson, yes. your Cal Ripken Jr., yes. your Rex Grossman slash Cade McNown episode. Your Kobe Bryant. Oh, yeah. How could I forget? Your Danny Trent Dimes. Dilfer episode. Trent Dilfer. Ooh. Mm-hmm. There we go. I was waiting for episode 24 for Kobe, but we'll give him mm-hmm. this one as well. Hey, we'll give him both. Yes, yes. That's right. So we have a very exciting episode for you all today. We have Jesse Cole, who is the president and owner of the Savannah Bananas, joining us today. He is well known across the country as probably one of the top, if not the top, sports marketer and just flat out performer in the nation and does a phenomenal job selling tickets to a summer collegiate team down in Savannah, Georgia. So we had a great conversation with him. And if you're a sports marketer or sports professional, just learning tidbits from him on what it means to get fans out to the ballpark and make sure that they have a good time while they're there. uh, You're going to love that conversation. So make sure you tune into that. But first, We wanted to call up our first ever guest, Blake Wiggins, uh, premium sales man of the uh, Atlanta Falcons. And due to the recent Falcons games and just just flat out choke jobs by the dirty birds (laughs) down there, we wanted to get a vibe check from Blake. So here we go. We'll just go ahead and get right into it because there's nothing else to really say, but uh, Blake, we wanted you to join us today. We wanted to get a vibe check. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons, your employer, mm-hmm. and your team. Uh, let's see. Let, let's just let's take a look at the facts here. All right. So uh, Super Bowl Fifty One, uh, twenty-eight to three, with two minutes remaining in the third quarter. Ouch. Uh, let's see. Last week at Dallas, uh, you were up thirty-nine to twenty-four with five minutes and thirty-five seconds remaining in the fourth quarter. Uh, 98% winning percentage, uh, winning chance of winning. Uh, And then yesterday, so this week, uh, you hosted the Chicago Bears. You're up 26 to 10 with six minutes remaining in the fourth quarter. That was up to a 99% winning percentage. 
Uh, Ouch. How you feeling, Blake? You doing okay? Yeah, really, really, it's it's just I guess 2020 in a nutshell, right? So <laughs> yeah, it's just like uh, all these very negative things just keep happening all uh, on 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 the field. Um, as far as the pulse in here, it's like after Dallas, it probably I didn't think it could it could, could get much worse, but I was wrong. So. Um, we definitely have the team on paper to do great things. 0 and three, not the not the best start in the world. I do like the Saints are one and two, so I'm still trying to find some optimism here that we could somehow turn the season around. Um, but 0, 0, 0 and three, definitely not the best start. But it's the season's not over quite yet. You know, if Would it you makes say- you feel better, you're not the first team to be just manhandled by Nick Foles. So. <laughs> Ain't that, That's true. Ain't that right, Mr. Sam plays. It could have been worse. For, yes, you know, it could have been in the Super Bowl. Could have happened, Bowl. you know, in the, yeah, in the Super Bowl. Yeah, it, it was like, like I was, I was watching that game yesterday, and it was kind of very similar to Dallas. Like after the first quarter, I'm thinking to myself, there is no way we're going to lose this game. So I was actually at the stadium. We didn't have uh, fans in attendance, but we had the players, families, etc. There, so we were looking after them. And I left when it was 26-16 thinking, like, I, I, didn't even, I didn't even have the thoughts that we were going to lose this game. And sure enough, I get a, I get a text when I'm almost at my apartment. It's 30-26, and I'm like, oh, my God. So, um, but, yeah, it's just, like, it's just like 2020 sports in a nutshell. So, I'm ready for the calendar to flip to 2021. And then we're going to start thinking optimistic things will happen then, hopefully. Have you gotten to see any uh, any any of the practice this past week? If they've been doing a whole lot of uh, onside kick drills, <laughs> because I, I think well, that's the number one priority right there. Well, our um, our uh, owner, Mister uh, Blank, came out the next day and said the players obviously did not know what they were doing on that play. So I assume that that was a very very high point of emphasis this week. Yeah. Reassuring. Uh, but I think blowing fourth quarter leads needs to be a higher priority versus how to recover an onside kick. Correct. I'd agree. Yeah. So would you say you're the best 0-3 team in the league? By far. Like, this team is 2-1 right now at least. And you guys can agree with that, correct? Like, we should be in first place, top Mm -hmm. of the division. Tied for first place, yes. Exactly. So we're sitting sitting here 0-3 behind the Panthers. Obviously not where we want to be. But I've seen some crazy things happen in this game we call call football. So 0-3, not the best start, but... Um, I wouldn't be surprised if we stunned the Packers on Monday Night Football, to be honest with you. Mm. I said, okay, I wouldn't be shocked. So, so guys, you guys have been following the, N- the N- NFL for a long time. You know anything can happen on True. any given week. Especially in prime time, yeah. The Falcons are going to go into Green Bay, and they're going to score points. Okay, it's going to be a shootout. Yeah. It's going to be in the 30s. We all know that's going to happen. There's no defense on those teams. I just don't want at any point in that game to have a double-digit lead. Okay? Any given Sunday, Monday, Thursday, and sometimes Saturday. That's correct. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, guys, uh, the pulse in the office, I mean, believe it or not, this is our first day that all of us are actually back in the office. So, Oh, maybe that's uh, why. Yeah, so the talking points today are the Braves winning the uh, – beating the Reds this week. That's what we're Let's all go, baby. Uh, 
Go Bravos. Keep as much negativity out of here as we possibly can. I love it. Fair enough. Well, it, as a Minnesota Vikings fan myself, it's I hate to say it, it's nice to see another franchise get a little more snake bitten than we have been. Oh well, like, let's be fair. So the Minnesota Vikings, they beat the Saints on that beautiful play that none of us will ever forget from Mr. Stephon Diggs. Yes. That never happens with the Falcons. Oh, oh trust me. Play. That never happens for us either. Uh, well, this obviously, they did. <laughs> well, up until that point, too okay, so This we was have just – We have not had that point yet. We need that to happen to us. Okay. Okay, that's fair. I will say that was just a divisional <laughs> round game, and we won that. And because that never happens to us, my dad and I are bawling because that never happens to us, and we acted like we won the Super Bowl. Yeah, I did, so, maybe, I did too, and I'm not even a Vikings fan. I was so <laughs> happy when y- that happened. It was pr- you would have thought the Tennessee Vols won the national championship with the Vikings caught that ball. Well, there's something we can agree on. We hate the Saints. So. Agreed, 100%. And I was actually mm-hmm. thinking about this, Anthony, that you brought that up. Um, I wasn't working for the Falcons at the time, but I do remember a play where the Falcons took a one-point lead a few years ago against the Chiefs with, like, a minute to go. And we're going for two to make it a three-point game. So, you know, do you know what we do? We throw an interception on that two-point conversion, and Eric Berry takes it to the house. Oh, yeah. See, oh, this, stuff, that this stuff does not happen to a lot of other teams in the league, and we all know that. Oh, man. Yeah, so, that hurts. So, um, and it's, and it's it, to be completely real with you, it's, it's really sad because from what the rest of us can tell, Arthur Blank is such a – fine gentleman and a great owner and cares about his players and his staff. And to have all of this happen to his franchises, it's, it's sad. Right. Yeah. I mean, uh, we've done, Mr. Blank has done everything remotely possible. We've signed good players. Mm -hmm. We have everything's on paper that we should be a playoff team. Everyone agrees we should be two and one today. So, um, and yesterday, I mean, yet, I'm not sure you guys knew this or not, but yesterday was Arthur's birthday, and the Falcons and United both lost yesterday. Ooh. So, um, he's definitely a very, 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 very strong person to endure what he's endured. But I'm hopeful for a turnaround like never before is about to happen. So, mm-hmm. just stay opt- op- optimistic, my friends, please. Get your uh, whiskey bottles out. Get your beer on Sundays and drink away when the foul. You're going to need it. Yeah. Get your get your Coca-Cola out and help out Atlanta. All right, Blake, we'll stop bragging on you. Thank you for joining us real quickly here. Uh, you are a fan favorite of our Last Place podcast audience. So thank Fantastic. you for joining us. And- well, I'm glad to, I'm glad to come, come back at any time to send the invite, okay? Thanks, so, we'll, we'll do. Talk about the vibes, Rise, right? up. Rise up. See ya. Rise up. See ya. All right. Thanks, Blake. You got it. Thank you, Blake, for joining us again. It was very gracious of him to join us, even though last night he probably had a heart attack, a stroke, a conniption, everything in between there. So we appreciate him joining us and possibly putting his job out on the line. Uh, So glad to hear he's doing all right. Right, guys? Yes, definitely. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Hopefully they get those those onside kick drills in this week. So. Yes. How about that? Heard here first. The Falcons will be doing onside kickoffs. 
on the last place podcast. So we'll see what happens with the coaching job there. Uh, as Blake did say himself that the fact that the players did not know how to do onside kicks was a big issue for owner Arthur Blank. So not a good look. Not, not a good, not look. A good look at all. You know, the owner is looking at it. Yeah. And, you know, for a guy who started Home Depot, uh, he'll make sure to check every grain of that wood. So we will go ahead and move on to our guest today, Jesse Cole of the Savannah Banana. Ladies and gentlemen, we are very excited to have Jesse Cole, the owner of the Savannah Bananas, joining us here today. He is nationally known for, number one, his unique minor league baseball team, but most of all, probably because of his special outfit that he has graced his presence with here today. If you're able to see the video of our podcast today, he is wearing his yellow tux. And that brings up some of his other accolades. He's written a book called Find Your Yellow Tux. He's also a host of his own podcast, Business Done Differently. And he's also got some other minor league baseball experience as well. Uh, Jesse, it, I mentioned a little bit, but could you tell us a little bit more about your background? <laughs> uh, I'm now pretty much a, a circus showman that just happens to have a baseball team. But, you know, I, I started like, like you guys probably a love of sports. You know, I played baseball my whole life, and that was it for me. I was like, I'm going to play baseball. And growing, growing up in Massachusetts, uh, you know, it was easier to stand out. We didn't have a lot of baseball talent in California or Texas or anywhere down south. Had. So I was fortunate to get a full scholarship to come down and play uh, baseball down south here and uh, went down to Wofford College and was hoping to play pro ball. And then uh, the best thing ever happened to me. I tore my shoulder and that ended my career. Uh, and uh, right there, I had no idea what I was going to do. So I took an internship with the worst performing team in the country, um, a terrible team in Spartanburg, South Carolina, which doesn't even exist anymore um, because there was about 64 fans coming to the games. And I was given a phone book and said, call for sponsorship. And uh, mm. at 22 years old, I started trying to uh, uh, get into the business. And fortunately, I had some success and got offered the job as a general manager at 23 years old, which, wow. which guys, that doesn't happen much uh, in the business. Yeah. It wasn't because of anything I was doing. It was because I realized that was, in fact, the worst team in the entire country, and no one wanted the job. <laughs> so uh, that's what I became, became a GM at 23. Uh, only 200 fans coming to the games and $268 in the bank account my first day, and there were three employees on payroll. And so uh, I was in for a rude awakening. And uh, that was my first day. I'll never forget it in September of 2007. And since then, kind of uh, tried a lot of things. A lot of things have failed, like flatulence fun night and salute to underwear night and our grandma beauty pageants. But some things have worked. And now uh, we've had some success with Savannah. That's awesome. Uh, so you mentioned that you played baseball out of Wofford. So me and Tyler are, are actually um, Western Carolina graduates. Yes. So uh, do you have any good stories of playing Western and good old Kobe or anything like that? Yes, I used to get shelled there. So as a pitcher, I'd pitch Friday night. And uh, every after the games, I'd have to get my neck worked on because I just watched all those balls getting flown out. I remember Alan Beck hitting home runs off me. There were a bunch of guys hitting home runs off me back in the day. But, uh, yeah, you know, what a great – I'll never forget my freshman year in college, Division One. we got to play South Carolina, Georgia Tech, and then Texas Tech. You know, a good program. We flew to Texas Tech. Wow. Guys, we scored 30 runs in three games and lost all three games. I was the first Gosh. pitcher. <laughs> so, uh, so i uh i uh learned very much about the power of uh telling your grandma how'd you do today 
oh, uh, Grandma, we, we finished in second. Oh, great, great. But there were only two teams every <laughs> second. So, uh, I had an illustrious, uh, infamous baseball career. Uh, Wofford's now become a great program ever since I left. But uh, mm -hmm. I got, got, to, got to play and got to beat South Carolina and had some good games and some fun there. But uh, uh, it was more just the experience that I was fortunate there to get the opportunity in Spartanburg to be a, an intern and got into the industry just based on where I was playing ball, mm -hmm. which was pretty cool. Jesse, yeah. I'm going to plug in on the questions here, guys. Jesse, you mentioned you were named general manager at the age of 23, was it? Yes. What, what was the biggest thing that you had to learn and overcome? Well, to start with, everything. Well, right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, but you guys, it's, it's probably one of the best things that I learned. It's, it's um, coming in with no experience was probably uh, such a blessing because mm -hmm. when you get used to a certain experience, doing the, the things the way they've always been done, then you get trained that way and your mind goes that way. So I went in with zero experience other than playing baseball, but I realized something very quickly those first few days. And that first day I made 10 phone calls to people in the community. I'll never forget it. The team had been there for seven years, guys. And the first seven calls, people said, I never heard of the team. These are oh people in the God. community. The next, oh two no. calls, the next two calls, they said, oh, we'll never work with you. And the last call I got hung up on. Oh. And I was like, wow. So then I was like, let's go start meeting with people in the community. I started making sales calls like crazy. And everyone I talked to, uh, baseball's too boring. It's too slow. It's too long. And I was like, man, I'm selling a product no one, no one wants. And when right. you think about it, like baseball, I realized really right there, play a game that you can win. The Gastonia Grizzlies team doesn't even exist anymore. A college summer team is no, not ever, ever, ever going to be the best baseball team. Hmm. We're not. We're college right. summer. <laughs> but could we put on the best show? And so right then, I, after reading every book on P.T. Barnum and Walt Disney and crazy marketing, I said, you know what? We're gonna be the best show. We're not in the baseball business, we're in the entertainment business. And I think because I had no experience being in the baseball business, I was like, let's do this. Let's bring P.T. Barnum, let's bring Walt Disney, let's bring the cruise industry, let's put on a circus and see if people wanna come. And luckily, uh, they started coming from 200 fans to 1,000 fans to 1,500 to 2,000 to selling out games. And now, obviously, in Savannah, we've sold out every game. So very fortunate to come in there with zero, zero experience. But it was tough, guys. I'll tell you, those sales calls were not easy, to say the least. Yeah, I can, I can imagine. Uh, what, what was it about Savannah that kind of stood out to you and made you want to start your team there? <laughs> so the last game of the 2014 season in Gastonia was a sold-out crowd. Um, our director of fun, Emily, who worked for Ripken Baseball. And if you guys know, Ripken had three teams. Yeah. And uh, so she was pretty back in 2009, and we were hosting a conference talking about our grandma beauty pageants and Dig to China Nights. And her boss left the conference and said, uh, Emily, I just met the guy you're going to marry. And she was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> so we started talking professionally, but we met each other at the minor league promo center, we met, and she was like, we got to do this together. And so she became our director of fun. And so wear a hot dog costume. Any girl that can wear a hot dog costume and look okay doing it, I was like, this girl's for me, all right? So she's wearing a hot dog costume, going around the ballpark, having fun. And uh, so the last game of the 2014 season, I stopped the game in the middle of the game. I flew my family in, her family flew in. And I said in front of my family, your family, and our entire baseball family, will you make me the luckiest guy in the world? So I dropped down a knee in the yellow tuxedo with a ring in the baseball. I open up the, ring, the baseball and she didn't say yes. She was confused. I mean, I was wearing a tuxedo. There was a lot going on. 
she ran over to hug me and I had a fireworks show go off in the middle of the game. So it's like the sixth inning of the game. The players and the umpires are like, what is going on? Are we going to play? Is this, <laughs> this is our time, guys. This is our time. So I delayed <laughs> for like 30 minutes. And uh, fortunately, uh, she did later say yes that night. And uh, I think she knew what was happening. And the next morning, um, she surprised me while I was sleeping. She was like, I can't believe you did this. Hey, we've always talked about going to Savannah. I'd love to show you uh, and I, uh, have fun this weekend. And do a whole she planned a whole trip. So the next weekend, we went to Savannah, fell in love with the city and went to the ballpark and Grayson Stadium guys 1926 ballpark mm -hmm. huge brick columns um Babe Ruth played there Hank Aaron Lou Gehrig Ted Williams Stan Musial Jackie Robinson you name it they all played there and I walked in like a kid in a candy store you could feel like the history I was like like from the old little ballpark we played in Gastonia which was like just bleachers to like this right. Stadium where FDR gave a presidential address and the Olympic torch came through there I was like oh my this God. is amazing so then it's a beautiful Saturday night. The minor league team, the New York Mets affiliate is playing. And I walk up, up the bleachers, and I turn, and it's about game time. And you can almost see a tumbleweed go across the grandstand. <laughs> Guys, there was less than like 100 people there on a Saturday night. And I'm looking around, oh, no. what is going on? And, and I watched, and it was the deadest baseball game. There was no promotions, no entertainment. It was baseball, just dead baseball. And I called the commissioner of our league that night. I said, if this team ever leaves, I go, we're calling this market right now. Savannah deserves fun. They deserve this entertainment because this city's too cool and we want to bring it. He's like, sure, sure, Jesse, whatever you say. And lo and behold, with a few, within a few months, the team wanted a brand new $40 million stadium. And the city's like, we're not building you a $40 million stadium. You can't draw 40 people. What are you talking about? <laughs> and, uh, and so they left and, and we convinced the city. We brought them up to a game in Gastonia. They watched like, we have, it was a circus. There was a lot of weird things going on at the game. They're like, I don't know if this is going to work in Savannah, but we'll give you a shot. <laughs> and, uh, they gave us the keys and they said, good luck. And uh, we showed up on October 2015, myself, Emily, uh, my wife, our 24-year-old our president. Again, I was named a GM at 23. I said, might as well name a president at 24. No big deal. And uh, three 22-year-olds right out of college. And we showed up and that former team cut the phone lines, cut the internet lines, took everything out of the stadium. We grabbed a picnic table from out the, outside in the park, brought it into abandoned storage building, started calling people in the community. They're like, who are you guys? And it was amazing. We sold only two tickets in the first three months. That's how bad it was. Because people were like, we don't know who you guys are. College, summer baseball. But that's when it really uh, got interesting, but also made the story even much more fulfilling at the end. So where did the name, like, Savannah Bananas come from? <laughs> so, uh, so we're always looking for something crazy and something unique. So we, we decided to host a big launch party. And I remember we marketed it like crazy. We put it all over social media, the newspapers, the radios, like 84 people showed up. So we had it like at this huge conference center. There's like a guy over there, like a family over there. We're like, <laughs> we're here. And uh, they were like, uh, we're, like we're, we're announcing a name of the team contest, but we don't want anything normal. We don't want anything generic. We want yeah. something bizarre, crazy, different, unique. So then we proceeded to get all normal, generic names, hundreds of them. Sailors, Sneakers, Braves, Ports, like, like teams like the Cardinals and the Red Sox. Like, oh, guys, we're not going to be the Cardinals. Oh, okay. Red Sox. Yeah. <laughs> Boring names. And uh, then we had one suggestion that was the Bananas. And immediately, immediately, uh, we knew that we could go crazy with it. And we knew we would be criticized for it, which we leaned on. We said, all right, right now, no one knows who we are we might as well take some criticism. At least they'll know who we are. So we came up with a whole plan. I mean, name our mascot, Split. 
I mean, uh, come up with a senior citizen dance team with women in their 60s and 70s and call them the Banana Nanas. Uh, come, up, come up with a male cheerleading team called the Mananas, and now they're just referred to as our dad bod cheerleading squad. Um, the idea of go bananas and throwing bananas in people's pants and calling a banana in the pants promotion. I mean, we can't stop the peeling music videos. We're like, this is endless, guys. We can just have so much fun. Yeah. And so uh, February 25th, we announced it and proceeded to get national attention, viral, number one trending on Twitter. And then locally, we were crucified. I mean, guys, locally, you guys should be thrown out of town. You'll never sell a ticket. The owner's an embarrassment. I mean, I was personally attacked. Whoever came up with his name needs to be like thrown out. It was bad. I mean, it was bad. But they were talking about us. And that was the start. And if you want to get people's hearts, you got to start with their eyes and ears. And we had to first get the eyes and ears of the community if we want to get their hearts. And so that's what we tackled and we achieved it. And then uh, we started going from there. We, we all of a sudden were on a skyrocket to uh, try to create the excitement. Wow. Wow. Yeah, that's insane. Um, so you are kind of, I guess, known for wearing the yellow tux. You're wearing it right now and there's not many game. So, I mean, do you just wear that thing everywhere? I mean, what, how, how did all that start? I want to preface this, guys, with my wife is still married to me, all right? It's five <laughs> years, all right? And I own seven of these things. I've actually, my two-year-old son's been sent two or three in the mail. I get sent yellow shoes. This this top hat was sent to me about a month ago. So, I'm like, I'm rocking the new, what do you guys think? Does it work? Does it work? I like I'm it. Liking I it. like yeah. it. Absolutely. It's a little Charlie Chaplin, a little, a little circle. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with it. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, you know, what I realized that I, I've studied everything on PT Barnum. And again, I think you learn the most when you get outside your industry. And, um, as someone who's read every book on PT Barnum, it's like, you got to be able to, um, you know, create a show with everything and something terrible happens without promotion, nothing. And, you know, I don't know about you guys, do you all play sports? Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. What sports do you guys play? What's that? Uh, I, I, I used to play. I played golf. All right. Golf. <laughs> I used to play football. Football, yeah, you're wearing the – all right. So, all right, there's a difference. There's a difference when you wear your practice uniform versus your game uniform. In baseball, you may even be warming up in shorts or T-shirts. There's a complete difference. And what I realized is that when I first started my first few years, I'd be on the field, I'd be pieing fans and creating the circus-like atmosphere, and I was dressed like everyone else. That didn't make sense. And so I so said, if I, I didn't embrace my inner showman and say, all right, you know what, let's go all out. If it's going to be fun, let's do it. And we teach our, our staff, everyone always on stage. It's every game is someone's first game and we're putting on a show. And that's what we do. When you walk into our ballpark, it's welcome to the show. At the end of the game, did you enjoy the show? It's never about the game. So if we're going to be putting on a show, I shouldn't be dressed like anyone else. So I started owning that and embracing it. And then, uh, yeah, and I'm here with you right now. So I'm going to wear my game uniform. All right. I'm not, it's showtime. It's not, I'm not here to practice with you guys. All right. We're going to have some fun. So, uh, so do you have like a uh, banana cane too? Or someone yet? sent me, someone sent me a banana cane too. Uh, guys, yeah, the, I, get, I get the weirdest gifts and I love it. it. You know, it's funny. Like I'm in Charlotte right now uh, with my family, but when I go back to Savannah tomorrow, They'll just be these weird things, like, and I never know what I'm gonna get. And it, it's like it's like Christmas, but they're usually Barnum-esque yellow things. And um, but yeah, yeah, I'll keep owning and embracing this, and people keep having fun with it. So what's what's been your craziest promotion you've done in Savannah thus far? Oh, jeez. Um, <laughs> definition of crazy. So what we <laughs> so uh, I mean, so here's a big difference. So. In Savannah, we realized that, well, in Gastonia, every night was like completely doing a brand new theme promotion, all right? So, I mean, Dig to China Night, where we actually buried a, a trip to China, 
but it was actually like a certificate, but it was only a one-way flight to China, no accommodations and no flight back. So when the woman got it, she's like, what am I supposed, I was like, we got you to China. What else did you want? You know? <laughs> so, so we did, I mean, we did the world's largest pillow fight there. We did midnight madness with a game, game starting at midnight. Uh, you know, in Savannah, we've done events like the tap of the morning beer festival, because you can't drink all day if you don't start in the morning. So the That's beer right. festival actually starts at 9 a.m. In the well, first, first year, only like 100 people showed up. But boy, they were partying. Second oh. year, it really well. uh, uh, but you, what we realized in Gastonia, we did all these the flatulence fun nights and the salute to underwear nights and all these crazy things. But it, it, was, it, it was different in Savannah. We wanted to create a show that was unforgettable every single night. So it wasn't just come to a theme night. So when we realized that we could sell at every game by having – the breakdancing first base coach there every single game that literally does the moonwalk and Beyonce single ladies by having our 25 person pep band, by having a professional high fiver, by having the man Annas, by having our team luchador, which we actually hired a professional wrestler who uh, wrestled in Juarez, Mexico. And he does the haka with the players before the game, every single game at the other team and gets them going. Um, by having a grandma coach this year who literally does uh, tea and cookies with the umpires in the fifth inning. By bringing all that in every single night, you never know what you're going to get. You never know what's going to happen. And so there was a difference. Now, yes, have we done wild promotions? Yes. Have we given away Porta Johns and colon cleansings in Savannah? Yes. Have we played games in kilts on St. Patrick's night? Yes. Are we undefeated in kilts? Yes. Because the fact that if we're going to play in kilts, you better believe we're going to win in kilts. And so, so we do weird things like that. But it's a little different. Minor league baseball is always thinking for these one-off promotions. It's a ton of work for not – Put, create your own characters, create your own show that's your own IP, that no matter if they come on a Tuesday night, which Tuesday sell out for us, and we've been fortunate every game sells out, you're going to get a great show instead of just theming everything else. So that's a difference. Now, <laughs> are we changing our game a little bit? I'll share, share what we're doing, guys. So what we learned with this past season is that every team is susceptible. Every sports team in the country is susceptible. What happened with COVID, it shut you down. Yep. And you have to be a brand that is 24-7, 365. You know, fortunately, we have our merchandise business is unbelievable. We're very fortunate with that. And uh, we do free shipping. No pay $100 prime. It's free always because that's what people deserve. And so we have free shipping, all that. But there's other models. We, we started doing, uh, we have a, a banana cream soda. We have uh, working on Savannah banana bread. We're working on some other things in the ballpark. But uh what we realized is why does there have to be an off season? So as you'll even notice, we'll probably have a press release in about two weeks coming out. We're going to start playing holiday games. We started, we created our own team this year. Like our college guys were gone. Then we just created another team and it was awesome. And it was a lot of fun. So like, yeah, we're going to do a fans giving game where we're actually going to starve our fans for 66 minutes to celebrate Thanksgiving for the 66 days that the pilgrims came over here <laughs> across the water, you know, came here to the country. So we're going to starve our fans for the first 66 minutes of the game. And then we're going to have a joyous, huge festival. All right. It's going to be a big celebration. Don't worry. They'll get rations of bread and corn in the first. <laughs> we'll give them plenty of alcohol. I mean, it'll be fun. <laughs> we, we, we may bury a turkey in the infield dirt and have people win it. There's going to be a lot of weird things going on, but yes, we will start having more of these one-off events in the off season. Um, but during our season, it's just expect the full show and then come. Does that, that kind of solve it or answer? Oh, yeah. yeah. So or, we, sorry. we, uh, yeah, sorry, Sam. So no, you're good. Our, as we mentioned prior to the show, we have a, a segment, what we call butts and seats. And yeah. we talk about some of these crazy promotions that you see across minor league baseball and across yeah. sports. But the biggest question that we ask ourselves and then our audience is, is it butts and seats or not? Like, is it putting butts and seats? Is it making revenue? So 
to you, what's the difference between just a goofy promotion that may get a article in the newspaper and something that actually sells tickets? It's a balance. You got to be clear on what, what you're trying to accomplish. So for instance, for us, very simple. The name of our company is Fans First Entertainment. All right. Seven years ago, the name of our company was this terrible law firm name called Team Colon Associates, which people are like, is that an accounting office? No, it was a bad <laughs> name. It was a bad name. Now, then we made it not about me. We made it about our, our, the people we serve. And so Fans First Entertainment is very simple. Our mission is Fans First Entertainment always. Every decision, every question we ask, is it fans first? That, that clears up everything for us. We have our fans first way. So we make all of our decisions based on that. It's why every ticket at our stadium, we're the only sports team in the country, either dumb enough or crazy enough to make every ticket all inclusive. So, you know, you've heard of some ballparks, oh, they have, an all, they have a, all you can eat from nine or from six o'clock to eight o'clock, or they have an all you can eat section. Every single ticket at our stadium includes all your burgers, your hot dogs, your chicken sandwiches, your soda, your water, your popcorn, your dessert, everything total with the ticket for $18. That's because people don't like to get nickel and dimed at stadiums. No. So we eliminated that. All right. right. Baseball's too long and too slow and too boring. So we have 250 promotions that we rotate every single night. And we literally have, it's a 10 page report and we add a new one every single night that we've never done live in front of a crowd. And I'll tell you one out of two fails miserably. The crowd <laughs> is like, what are these guys? doing? <laughs> I'll never forget the horse head race that we did where we put four oh. kids in you know, those giant horse heads. And we, put, yeah. we did a race around the infield this past summer while they couldn't see where they were going at all. So one went right into the pitcher, one went out in right field, one's at second base, and they didn't get off the field. I was like, guys, take your horse heads off. They didn't, couldn't hear me. They couldn't see. The game was delayed. Fans were laughing hysterically. I was embarrassed. But all right, every other night something goes wrong. But we build up this nonstop entertainment with the dancing, with the singing, with the fun, with the pep band, with the DJ. We have five stages at our stadium. Five stages. We have our parking lot, our plaza, our concourse, our grandstand, and our seats, and our field. And every stage, there's a different performance going on at one time. We look differently at the experience. So to answer your question, butts in the seats versus the entertainment, we're always thinking about fans first, fans first. Gotcha. And the butts in the seats usually take care of themselves. Gotcha. And we don't think about revenue. Mm -hmm. Probably, <laughs> it hurts us more than I even know. And let me put it this way. On February 25th, guys, if you put it down in context, two weeks before national pandemic, we announced that, not national, sorry, let's reword that, global pandemic, yes. national yes. pandemic, that, that's like, is that like an oxymoron. All right, yeah. I'm going to get back. Global pandemic, we announced on February 25th that we were becoming the first ever ad-free stadium. And we eliminated hundreds of thousands of dollars of ad revenue because we were going all in on fans first. All right? So some people be like, that timing is terrible. I was like, actually... <laughs> It's great because imagine all the sponsors who are like, I want my money back this year because they didn't play in front of fans. But that's oh, a whole I want to credit to next year and then you miss out on a whole year. Yeah. Um, we announced that. So it's not about revenue for us. It's creating the best fans first, most entertaining experience in sports. And then the butts in the seats take care of itself. Gotcha. And so, but yes, 70% of our revenue is the people that's come to the stadium. And then that directs merchandise, that directs food and bev, et cetera. So Definitely. I don't know if that answered your question, but that's, that's where I went. So oh, absolutely. we'll yeah. go with that. <laughs> so I had, so like when you guys are looking, cause oh, so it's like every summer there's like a, a new team of like college players in there. Yeah. Right. So how do you go about choosing the players? Like, is it based off their like skill mostly obviously, or is it based off like how willing they are to like, I don't know. Like break dance in front of the team or like do like weird stuff like that. 
they're very good at weird stuff. And that is part of the, yes. I mean, <laughs> guys, in the, ni- in the ninth inning every night, we have, uh, you guys know in boxing, they have like the ring girls that go around mm-hmm. holding. We have the players hold the ninth inning. They hold a ninth inning and go around and pour water over their heads and rip off their shirts. It's very magic, Mike. Very weird. Um, but the players, the players own it, and the fans are like, "Is this really happening at a baseball game?" Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Um, so uh, it's a combination. Our coach Tyler Gillum uh, understands this is this is what we look for. We look for guys that are are selfless. They understand fans first is everything. And so where a lot of guys, yes, do our players develop? Yeah, I mean, we've had a first round of the Braves, a second round, a fourth round, a fifth. I mean, we had a ton of draft picks, but they come here to be fans first and then hopefully understand what matters most. If you're here to put joy on kids' faces and, you know, deliver a rose to a little girl in the crowd, which we do every single night, and to play catch with a kid after the game for 30 minutes, you understand really what matters most, and that'll make a bigger impact than how many doubles you hit this summer or how many strikeouts you had on the mound. And so it's very clear, guys, we have a fans first playbook that we share with everyone on our staff, our game day teammates, our interns, our full-time staff and our players. We have a full day orientation with our players before they can even put on a jersey. And we tell them stories. You know, we tell stories about, you know, our first night back in my former team in Gastonia, and we had player intros. And guys, just to give you an idea, every night, uh, opening night, players come out either on Segways, they come out on SWAT trucks, they come out out of the crowd, it's wild, all right, we have fun. So in 2009, when we were just learning, we had the players come down from the roof. And we had a first guy come down, second guy. And we just told all the players, high five the kids on your way down to the field, just right down. And so the first hitter goes down, batting second from Boston College goes down, batting third from University of Pittsburgh. And I'm up on the roof and I'm watching all the players on the field, except for the leadoff hitter. I'm like, where the heck is our leadoff guy? And so I get down from the roof, I go in the grandstand, I see our leadoff guy all the way down in the left field bleachers, high-fiving every kid down the left field bleachers. He was not even close to where he was supposed to be. He was playing second base that night. <laughs> he ended up high-fiving every kid in the stadium before he took the field. Oh, my gosh. His name is Russell Wilson, the quarterback for the Seahawks. Of course. <laughs> so, wow. Sorry, I know you're a Chargers fan or whatever you're wearing. Oh, that, no, but, I'm not. Herbert fan. <laughs> but, but the reality is I share that story because Russell was 22 years old. And I'll tell you, he made the right decision. He only batted 205 for us. Playing football was a good move for him. But he batted 205 for us. But he understood in his first game what fans was all about. Make a memory, create a moment for a kid in the crowd. And as he high-fived everyone around that team, I'll never forget that moment. So we share that story with the players on orientation. We share other stories that are even more dramatic than that of what our players have done. And they understand what it's about to be a banana. And they understand what the difference they're trying to make in people's lives. And you know what happens? When they do that, when they have fun, when they dance, when they sing, when they get crazy, they sign more autographs than I'd ever imagined. They actually play better because they're getting constant feedback, constant recognition. We've had a Georgia Southern professor study this for the last three years. And there's only one team that's shown a correlation between playing better in a college summer wood bat league versus playing at their college with the metal bats hitters. There's only one team that shows a strong correlation, higher OPS, K to walk ratio, all of that. It's the Savannah Bananas. And I don't take credit for that. What I give credit is for our coach creating an atmosphere where it's about having fun. It's about giving back to the fans. And you know what? When you do that, you play better. And so that's what's happened to all this. And it's been really, really fun to see. But yeah, guys, the players, when they first, like our first few years, like, what are we doing? What do we sign up for? I mean, it's wild. But now they understand it. And uh, they always say, I always say, guys, before they put on the uniform, I go, guys, it's very simple. I want this to be the best sum of your life. I don't want you to ever forget it. All right. I'm going to do everything in my power to make the best sum of your life. You do the same for the fans, and it's going to be an amazing time that we have together. And uh, it usually happens. 
I'm, I'm sure I know the answer to this, but do you think you could translate that style of baseball and entertainment to an affiliated ball club? The better question is, do I want to? Um, I'm sure the answer is probably not. Well, no, everybody has it in them. Sure. Here's, here's the challenge. Um, and I'm, I'm saying this not out of experience. I'm saying this out of my wife's experience and the people I know in affiliated baseball. The players, they're, it's a job now. So right. when the players get to that level, it's a job. Your job is to play the best baseball, to play professional, to go climb the ladders, to develop. Your job is not to entertain fans. Your job is not there for the fans. Your job is individualized. You are in a tryout every single day to compete, to play at the next level. It isn't about that. That is unfortunate because I think uh, you missed the boat. And I'll tell you guys personally, um, you know, I was fortunate to have one of the biggest scholarships at Wofford. Um, boy, did I underdeliver. But the reality is, as I, as I got that scholarship, every night when I pitched, you know, I had 42 starts in the mound. I never came out of the bullpen. I pitched Friday nights against the top pitchers from all those guys. I put so much pressure on myself because I felt like I was paid and I had to earn what I was paid for the scholarship. And as I look at the players that come into Savannah every summer, I go, guys, don't let happen what happened to me. The reality is I play, I sh should have had the opportunity to play professional baseball. And I heard from teams, but I took it too serious. And I lost that. When we have the most fun, we play better, we enjoy it. And that's what it's all about. It's a game. So for as a guy, I see an affiliate of baseball or guys that got full scholarships that they take it too seriously. That's not what it's about. You guys know when you're watching sports, which guys do we want to watch? The ones that are having the most fun. You know, the guys that are serious, they're not as fun to watch. We all want to watch people that are having fun. And when you give fun, you have fun. And so when the players are given fun out there and really we're like, all right, then it becomes a great time. So that's what I'm in search for. And that's what I don't want the players to make the same mistakes I did um, and take the game too seriously. And I think in affiliate baseball, it's very hard to break that mold. I appreciate hearing that. I like that. Um, so I think we all know the answer to this, but we're going to ask you anyway is uh, – like what motivates you every single day to go to that ballpark to put on that yellow tux? And I, I'm assuming what we can all assume is that it's the fans and it's the atmosphere, but is there anything else that really like motivates you to keep going in this industry and, and keep doing amazing things like you've been doing? You know, everyone says like, find your passion, you know, find your passion. And I say, you know, find your yellow tux, obviously what, what makes you stand out and what you enjoy right. and amplify it. But um, I don't think you can find anything until you start doing things. And, and, I, and I mean this, I never thought when I was 10, 15, 20 years old, even 21, I was like, I'm going to run a circus that's kind of like a baseball team. But I started doing it and I started enjoying it. And then I became a sponge and started reading. And you guys know there are certain times where you're watching the clock. All right. Where you, I mean, I took, I had some side jobs and I'm like, oh, it's been mm -hmm. six minutes. It's literally only been six <laughs> minutes. Here. All right. We, we've all been there. And there's times when you watch the clock and then there's times when time flies. Find the thing where time flies. And so when I look at what I do and I, I started creating my energy list, because as I've grown throughout this industry, there's things that I've done that like the operations and, you know, uh, being in concession stands and fixing the ballpark and do all that. I'm terrible at that guys. I have like two left hands. I can't do anything. And time would really go by slow. And then I realized, you know, when I'm out here promoting on the field, sharing, creating, growing, putting on a show, dancing with fans. I'm having the time of my life. Mm. And, you know, there's a moment that I have and everyone in the staff knows, and a lot of them come out and see it because it's ridiculous. Uh, at the end of the games, we have our pep band uh, playing uh, party music. So we have a 20 piece pep band 
We have our players out there, all of our characters out there. We have a free s'more station. We have everyone out at the end of the game. And our fans are coming out. And our band plays this Mardi Gras song. Uh, Do what you want to. It's what it's called. It's this full, I mean, trumpets going to war. They're actually going around the whole crowd and playing it. And I am doing the weirdest dance you could ever know. My legs are just flailing up in here. And I'm doing this. And I don't even realize what's happening. But I'm having the time of my life. Because I'm out there, our players are dancing, our fans are dancing. No one knows where, it's like 10.30 at night. We've been at the ballpark all day. And I'm like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Flailing and dancing like an idiot in front of fans. But <laughs> the reality is because it's the whole moment of everything came together. We're around people, we're having fun. You're not worrying about anything else. Think about those moments when you don't worry about what people think, all right? For me, that was really difficult. It seems easy, I'm in a yellow tux, but guys, I do a lot of speeches now, or not now, but they're COVID. But before COVID, flying, the, the looks that I would get in the airport when I was wearing this thing, they're like, what is wrong with that guy? And people have their phones like they're, like they're texting here, but I know you're taking a video of me, like what's going on? Um, I had to get over that. But I realized at the ballpark, and when I'm around fans, and when I'm just having fun, and we're doing things that I've never imagined we would do at a ballpark, uh, every night, like, I can't believe this is happening right now. Like I could tell you about impractical bananas and some of those things, but it's really cool. And I think you want to think about those times that you don't regret, you know, what are you not going to regret? And I'm not going to regret not taking myself too seriously, having fun. You're going to regret the things you didn't do. And so, uh, it's very easy. My motivation is driven by a desire to have fun and bring fun to others. And that's what I push every day and to try new things and spread it to more people. Cause especially during COVID guys, this summer, um, we made a commitment in April. We said, we're going to play in front of fans. And the media was like, yeah, sure you are. Good luck, guys. <laughs> <That's not laughs> and, and we made that commitment. He said, we're going to do it July 1. We're going to play in front of fans. We're going to cut our capacity in half, but we're going to do it. We had to turn away 50,000 fans who already bought tickets. But we still said we're going to do it. And guys, we played safely in front of between 1,000 and 1,500 fans a night, more than any team in the entire country. And I had a member of family came up to me, a, a guy right after the second game of the season. And it's, it's him, his wife, his three kids. And he goes, he goes, Jesse, thank you, man. I go, ah, thanks, man. Appreciate it. He goes, no, we drove from Utah. I go, Utah? He goes, 40 hours. We literally got in the car two days ago. We stopped halfway. We had to come to this game. We're leaving back tomorrow morning. It was everything we could ask for. We needed this. Thank you. And the kids are like jumping up and down. They got caught in candy. I'm like, oh, that's gonna be a fun ride home. But it, <laughs> the reality is I was like, you know, what we were able to do this summer and showed the power of what sports does and also just having fun and bringing people together, especially doing it in a safe way, it's needed. We all need it. We need to bring joy, fun, happiness, and uh, I get to do that. So what else would I need to be motivate me? That's what I get to do every day. Uh, yeah, I mean, you do a fantastic job at it. I mean, Thank I think I speak. We got to get you. Us, you don't know so. that. It could be terrible. You got to come to a game first. Yeah, you yeah, I gotta, yeah, we all got to get down to one. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so, so we'll wrap up and ask our last question. We ask all of our guests this. What is your uh, most controversial or hottest sports take? <laughs> controversial. I like this. You're firing up. Um, I mean, it, it, I, I've been – I never want to say things negatively about others, um, and I won't, but I'll, I'll attack it as a whole. Uh, Major League Baseball has to change dramatically if it wants mm -hmm. to be relevant in the next 10 years, and I mean dramatic. It's not by adding a little pitch clock or doing different things. You need to be cool. You need to be fun. You need to be relevant. You need to make the game faster. We developed a game called Banana Ball this past summer. Two-hour time limit. Batters can't step out of the box. Every inning counts. If you win the inning, you get a point. 
First team to five wins. So every inning you create a walk-off environment. You can steal first. There's no walks because walks are boring. So if someone walks, it's called a sprint. And you get to sprint around the bases while that, the catcher throws it to every person in the field before it becomes live. Usually it's a double or a triple. It's, it's wild. All right? If a fan catches a foul ball, it's an out. Instead of extra innings, we do a showdown. It's pitcher versus hitter. One-on-one. -on -one, all right? If you score, you get a point. You get them out, it's no point. All right? That's how the extra innings are determined. We created this game in two hours, and our fans absolutely loved it. It was fun. It was exciting. There's a lot of things we can get better at, but we learned. Baseball needs to change. How many times have you guys gone to a great movie and you said, and you leave in the middle and say, oh, it was a lot of fun. I just had to leave in the middle. All right. In baseball, you leave the games early. All right. It happens all the time. Baseball still too long, still too slow, still too boring, still stuck in the traditional way of doing things. We failed a lot. We're a small little team in Savannah, but I'll tell you this, the young fan base, we might be doing something right when we have more TikTok followers than every single major league team in the league, except for two. All right. When we have 200,000 followers and there's only Dodgers and Cubs that have a little bit more than us, which we'll catch them soon. That's saying something. You need to be fun. You can't focus on the way it's always been done. So Major League Baseball needs to make some changes, and I hope they do. I'm not against them. I want them to do it because I want to see young fans getting fired up to go to a baseball game and not see it as a chore and see a family get nickel and dime and pay $200 to go to one baseball game. It is wrong. It needs to change. You need to make the game fun, and you need to do it now. Not, not, not in five years, not in 10 years. Right. So that's, that's my take on that, and I hope it happens. I think I think you have a great point, and we could talk about this for hours. I mean, I think a, a great example of that is you ask the average ten-year-old who Mike Trout is. I don't think they know who it is. They ask them who Ninja is. Of course, they know who it is. Yeah, and, and the list goes on and on. Yeah, the average baseball fan is almost sixty years old. That's the true stat. ESPN did a poll a few years ago, and they asked who are your favorite athletes. You go back twenty years ago, you'd have three, four, five in the top ten. There's none in the top 10. Wow. All right. They're not relevant. And I appreciate guys like Trevor, Brat, Trevor Bauer, who's getting a little creative and starting to cause some little sparks because you need to make it fun. Yeah. You know, when Bryce Harper a few years ago, make baseball fun again. How come no one jumped on that? He was yeah. right on. But the yeah. traditional, you can't break the unwritten rules of baseball. You can't touch we were, it. We were just talking to one of our guests the, the other week about Fernando Tatis and how yes. the unwritten rules and everything. Yeah. So, yeah. He should be able to do whatever he wants. There needs to be more celebrating. Bat flip should be encouraged. If you don't bat flip, you should get fined. If you, <laughs> yeah, that's a take. If, if, if you don't strike out a guy and don't have a big strikeout wrestling move, you should be fine. There needs to be more celebrating, more WWE infused into baseball if you want to get the younger audience more excited. Yeah. Think of those short takes. We need those. Yeah, I mean, it's like what the NFL did with their celebrations now, their touchdown celebrations, allowing more – more creative celebrations. I mean, it's catching on and there's, it's taken off. And I'll tell you guys, my dad, my dad hates it. My dad, you say, Jesse, act like you've done it before. And I go, dad, if everyone keeps acting like they've done it before, no one will be there to watch it anymore. Like that's the truth. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you need, you need to act like it's something new. If you, if you had a home run, act like it's the biggest home run in their life. Do, do cartwheels around the bases. I don't care. <laughs> Fans will watch that and be like, what is he going to do next? In baseball, it's not like, what's he going to do next? We've all seen home runs. We've all seen no hitters. We've all seen strikeouts. But we haven't seen those rare, cool celebrations that you don't know what he's going to do next when he's at shortstop, when he's on a mound, when he's catching, when he's in the batter's box. Baseball's become way too boring. Fix it now, Manfred. I hope you get it done.
right. Well, uh, I can't promise Rob Manfred list, listens to our podcast. Hopefully he does. Uh, but <laughs> anyways, Jesse, thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate it. I'd say you should write a book on your experience, although you already have. So to our listeners out there, make sure to check out Find Your Yellow Tux. I'm sure it's available Amazon and all your bookstores. So uh, Jesse, thank you very much. Appreciate your your take on baseball, your take on entertainment, and and just being open with us on what it is coming to the ballpark every day. So very best this year and looking forward to hearing about your Thanksgiving game. <laughs> Fans giving. I appreciate you guys bringing it, bringing the energy. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Thank appreciate you. it. Thanks, Jesse. Hey, Last Place Podcast fans. Do you ever want to start a podcast with your buddies? That's what we did here at Last Place Pod. And we couldn't have got it done without the help of Anchor. It's the easiest way to start a podcast. Anchor gives you the tools to record, edit, and distribute your episodes from your computer or any mobile device. Anchor will post your podcast on Spotify, Apple, and all other platforms. Best part about it, completely free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to anchor down and get your podcast started today. All right, we'd like to thank Jesse Cole for coming on the podcast, giving us some insight into his uh, creation of the Savannah Bananas, talking a little bit about the MLB and how it should change and giving us some some great stories, some great takes, especially about Russell Wilson. That story was kind of cool. So mm-hmm. uh, we'll get into our segments. So coming off a big sell of the week after Pumpkin Chucky lasted about 15 minutes on eBay. Uh, Anthony, what you got this week for Anthony Spines? Sure. So as you mentioned, brief update, Pumpkin Chucky Cheese, the plush doll, lasted 15 minutes on eBay and sold for $20. Again, paid 99 cents for that. So that was a nice little flip there. Mm-hmm. Uh, i like to keep you all posted. Also, uh, that Arena League, Iowa Barnstormers jersey, that one along with the other one, the other youth uh, Barnstormers jerseys, those sold as a pair to the same buyer, uh, $30 total. All right. Mm. Four total for those. So that was great. Okay. Nice little flip there. And the the person who bought it on eBay had Kurt Warner in their eBay username. I did double check to see what that person had looked at before or had for sale to try and see. Oh, maybe it's Kurt Warner himself, but I went to North Carolina, I'm pretty sure. So it's headed your way. It was me. No, it wasn't. (laughs) (laughs) No, yeah, it was you, Tyler, all along. Thank you for your support. So. This week's find. This was a couple weeks ago at a Goodwill uh, on the hat rack. I always like this kind of stuff, and it was in good condition, unworn from what I could tell. Thank goodness, because it is a Kentucky Fried Chicken hat. Oh. Kentucky Fried Chicken employee hat, brand new. And looks great. Oh my God! Take my order. Call me the Colonel. I'll take a. Uh, I'll take. I'll take some chicken legs. Uh, bring back the potato wedges, please. Bring back the potato wedges. I'll see what I can do. <laughs> so the the find is a Kentucky Fried Chicken employee hat. It is a black hat, Velcro back, mesh sides, and I paid ninety nine cents. Oh. Okay. So, any guesses on how much the hat is worth? $15. Oh, you took mine, dude. 
1499. No, I'm kidding. Uh, I'll, I'll go like 20. I'll go 20. If we're playing Price is Right rules, Sam is the winner. $19. $19 it'll sell for on eBay. Wow. Now the next question, will I keep this or sell it? Oh, I mean, I think you'll keep it for a little bit. Oh, I'm keeping it. Oh, yeah, I'm I think you should keep for it. For sure oh, you're I'm keeping, keeping it? it. Little Kentucky Fried Chicken. Oh, yeah. Ooh, oh, yeah. KFC action. The Colonel Ooh. would be proud. Yeah. yeah. Backwards I'm, that guy. If we're, if we're talking about whales, whale as in, like, that's what you're looking for out in the wild. Uh, I definitely would like some Taco Bell employee gear one day. That is something I'm definitely looking for. I want some cookout employee gear. Yep. That's awesome. my one whale. I just, as I mentioned, I think previously, I don't know if it was in conversation or on the show, it's all starting to mix together with you boys, but I did sell a cookout T-shirt last week uh, as a medium. So, mm-hmm. you know. Shout out cookout. Shout out cookout. So that no was free ads, but shout out cookout. I think I paid four dollars and it sold for seventeen. So that was that was not. Okay. So if you're listening, if you have any cookout items or any Taco Bell items, shoot us the link. Uh, I'm sure Anthony and Sam will buy them from you. Absolutely. <laughs> there you go. So I do have a brief story to go along with okay. this Kentucky Fried Chicken hat. So in college, at Bradley down in Peoria, Illinois, P Town. The Braves. Uh, we had a Chick-fil-A on campus in the student center. Mm-hmm. And so it was a, the franchise was owned by the school. So you had student employees working at these, these okay. fast food joints. We had a Moe's mm-hmm. and a Chick-fil-A. Oh, sounds like a uh, Western. It sounds like Western. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. Welcome to Moe's. Welcome to Moe's. So, uh, I was walking outside the student center one night and I look on the ground and there's a Chick-fil-A visor just sitting there. Like an, like an employee just had it. And the employee just had it and said, I'm done. Done <laughs> with this job. And that was it. So I picked it up and took it. And took it back to my dorm, threw it in with the wash. Uh, my next time I did laundry, which... Who knows? That might have been a while. And and so I wore it uh, a few times throughout the rest of my college career in a various get-togethers, various mm-hmm. – I, I, think, I think I may have worn it for yeah. Halloween one year. And... You were a Chick-fil-A employee for Halloween. <laughs> you just said, my pleasure, just a random strangers. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I should have. Uh, no, I, I, quick story. I was Bartman for Halloween one year, which is, okay. which is newsworthy again since the Cubs are playing the Miami Marlins again in the playoffs. And so, anyways, I think I wore it to play tennis one time too, so that because it was a visor. So oh, anyway, uh, I get out of college and I start my eBay business, toss it on eBay, and I believe it sold for fifteen dollars. So, all right, there you go. So I didn't food. know there was such an industry for the fast food uniforms. I know. <laughs> I it's kind of weird. It is. I, I don't hate it. I think it's, well, number one, you can't buy it. Okay, yeah. You know? mm-hmm. And number two, if you have big fans of that business, you know, like me and Taco Bell or Sam and Cookout or, mm-hmm. 
or Tyler and Sheets, you know. Well, I don't know if I'm a <laughs> big of a fan of but okay. <laughs> My buddy Nick and Circle K, you know. There you go. Those, hey, those I, things. Okay. You you get an audience, and it, yeah. it's an exclusive item, so people will pay. So, you okay. know, there you go. So I I it was literally somebody's trash. I wore it, and I made fifteen dollars off it. There you go. Always be on the lookout. For cookout. <laughs> For cookout. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Need a tagline? Right. We will go ahead and get right into our top five of the week. This week's top five, we're keeping it in the sports realm for our audience. It is the top five sports traditions. Now, there yeah. are just so many sports traditions out there. We... This could go anywhere. So please have some patience with us because there are so many that we couldn't even get on the list. Okay. Right. So I think we're going to go with Sam. I think you'll take the crazy ones off the board for us. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> too crazy. So number five, I went with wideouts at Penn State. Ooh, yes. Shout out know. Joe Lucemore. I don't know how they were the school that just, like, claimed wideouts, but they did. I feel like every time it's awesome. Yep. Uh, number four, University of Iowa waving to the Children's Hospital. Okay. Of course. Got to support the kids. Number three is every time we touch in Cameron, shows automatically. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> now, number two. Here's For our audience, you may not know, Cameron is – we're Duke men's basketball. Cameron place. Indoor Stadium, correct. Mm-hmm. And then number two is a weird one. Uh, so I guess at University of Pennsylvania, um, when the fans play the fight song, there's a line that says, here's a toast to dear old Penn, and they throw toast on the field. <laughs> that is incredible. So that's hilarious. <laughs> That's something that the nerds at Penn would do. Yeah. Hey, guys, we're going to the football game. Make sure to grab your toast. <laughs> we got to get supposedly, there. Toast. Supposedly, some engineer students made a toast Zamboni to pick up the toast, oh my which God. is also fantastic. <laughs> wow. And then number one is uh, West Virginia Country Roads after all the wins, of course. especially for football. Of course. Every time, chills. Jeez. All right, Tyler. Okay. Uh, my number five, also shout out uh, J.R. Nance for giving me the idea for this, uh, for, this segment, or for this top five right here. Um, number five, Taylor University Silent Night. Mm-hmm. Obviously the, the basketball tradition where they are completely quiet for the first 10 points and then they go absolutely insane. Awesome. Uh, number four, MLB players uh, not acknowledging a player's first home run, love it. Just dude is that hits like a, a dude hits a bomb. Like a he comes into the dugout. Game? No one's no one's high five in the high five in the air. I love it. <laughs> uh, number three, I had Penn State whiteout, but you took that. So, mm-hmm. uh, but I, I'm also gonna throw in one of my uh, kind of honorable mentions into that one: uh, the Gatorade bath. I mean, that, that's mm-hmm. amazing. Amazing sports tradition. Yeah. I mean, it's so much fun. Uh, number two, Anthony, this one's, this one's for you, buddy. Uh, NFL on Thanksgiving. You can't beat it, man. I it didn't just think had a, of that. 
Yeah, wonderful, man, wonderful lunch or dinner with your family. You're sitting around, full turkey, chilling, watching some some Lions football losing. Some, <laughs> some hopefully your Dallas, hopefully the Dallas Cowboys are losing. So it's... nothing beats it, man. Except for my number one, and I know it's done by many teams, but my Atlanta Braves, the Tomahawk Chop. Hopefully they keep it around. There's nothing like going to old Truist Park now and hearing that Tomahawk, the doom, 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 doom. Oh, God, gets me going, chills every well, time. I, I am very blessed to say I have experienced the Atlanta Braves chop and the Kansas City Chiefs chop in yeah. person. And both are bone chilling and fantastic. Yeah. And ever since they moved into Truist Park, ever since they moved into Truist Park, after the seventh inning or during the seventh inning stretch, they cut out all the lights, turn on your lights on your phone, and they do the tomahawk chop, and it is oh, amazing. So. The I for so for this year, uh, what I gathered from from Morgan, our resident Chiefs fan and friend, uh, he. He said the Chiefs worked out a deal with some of – not a deal, but they, they had discussions with some of the local Native American tribes, and they, they had a focus group and brought up the Tomahawk Chop. And so they worked together and, and decided that they're going to keep the Tomahawk Chop, but they're renaming it to Banging the Drum. Okay. So it all stays the same um, because they realize the fans are going to do it no matter what. Right, that's what I'm saying. And we have the bang the drum tradition that they started a couple of years ago with kind of your pregame thing, which a lot of different teams do. Um, the Carolina Panthers have a drum, the or keep pounding drum. The Vikings have the horn. The uh, Seahawks have the 12, fl- 12 flag. Mm-hmm. So they ended up going with banging, banging the drum. So Yeah, I mean, we can't stop fans from doing staying it. Staying around, so that's cool. Love it. All right, my top five. <laughs> Typically, I kind of I, I kind of stay down the line with my picks. This one's a little little over the board. All right, Ooh, my number like five: uh, the Cincinnati Bengals and the Philadelphia Eagles tying football games. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's a good one. We had a tie this yeah. week. And uh, eight years – no, not eight years ago. 2008, we had Donovan McNabb famously saying, I didn't even know we could tie. That was mm-hmm. the thing. Can we just cancel ties? Like, like, can we not have ties in NFL, please? I agree. I'm not about it. It's, They're terrible. Yeah, so, all right. I mean, yeah. So, all right, my number, my number four is – the green jacket at Augusta. Oh, Masters. Yes. Okay. A little pet peeve with that. On TV, they show you uh, the the champion getting the green jacket inside the Butler cabin, which is cool. The previous champion putting it on. Okay. Mm-hmm. But then later, you see photos and highlights of them doing it out on the 18th green in front of the fans, but they don't show that on TV. None of that. But yeah, you're right. Wow. Kind of annoying. I guess that's the exclusivity part, I guess. You yeah. get to see it. The patron. Person. Yes, and a tradition, unlike any other. Yeah. Hello, Number friends. Three. <laughs> Number three, this is a classic. Unfortunately, we didn't get it this year. I'm sure we'll get it next year. 
Jags Titans on Thursday Night Football. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Only if they're in their horrible color rush, you know. Because <laughs> those color rush jerseys are terrible. Yeah. The all-powder blue Titans and the puke gold Jag Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah. Well, now, so is is teal their their uh, their color rush now? Technically, what? the Jags. Yes. Technically, yeah. The, yes. the teal is now their color rush. They, I don't know if they legitimately have a color rush anymore, but yeah, bring back color rush. Come on. The whole color rush thing is very interesting. They they don't they don't make teams wear it on Thursday night anymore. You can wear it any week. It is still listed as one of your alternate uniforms so some teams have used it to their advantage to be able to have a, a second alternate jersey yep so it, that's kind of interesting especially when you start to see some of the newer uniforms um of course tampa bay they wore theirs this past week yep. the, the charcoal look i thought it looked great i thought it looked good yeah so and, and i think a way you're going to see that in future years is next year, the Los Angeles Rams, they're going to have – supposedly they have a new uniform coming next year. And oh, that's right. Mm -hmm. So one's going to be a color rush. One may be a throwback. We'll see. I know the Buccaneers are also supposed to have the creamsicles coming back next year as well. They oh, better. They're yeah. finally going to change the helmet rule. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So hopefully we get some creamsicle bucks. You know, love some cream. Tom Brady and a, a creamsicle, oh buddy. I think you're gonna see the creamsicle. Oh, I know that's gonna be the hottest selling. <laughs> yep. <laughs> if it's not already, you're right. You're gonna see Tampa Bay bring back the creamsicles. You're gonna see uh, Philly bring back the Kelly greens. Maybe the Patriots bring back the Reds with the uh, with the old Pat logo on yeah, the Patriots. I love those. Absolutely, you will. That's Ooh, my favorite logo. Newton, Pat Patriot. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> um, you're gonna see. Well, depending on what the Washington football team does, uh, they had a great alternate helmet a few years ago with their fake leather helmets. Yeah. Those are really cool. Maybe they're cool. With that, um, and then the the Packers, they. They have had some solid throwbacks, but they've been stuck using the yellow helmet with it. Yeah. For some reason, they never changed out the face mask. They kept a green face mask with a blue and yellow uniform. Yeah, so, not great. <laughs> you got me on a uniform tangent. All right, number two, my number two sports tradition, the Clemson Death Valley run down the hill. Yep. Great tradition. Touching. It's, I mean, I, I don't really get, like, the big deal about it. I get like it'd be like cool to watch, but I, don't know. I mean, maybe I'm like, it's just because I just like hate Clemson, so to me, it's just like stupid. Uh, probably. Well, I mean, you know speaking what? of Clemson traditions, I mean the rushing the the field that, that's stupid. Like they rush the field every game or whatever. <laughs> that Do they, they win. Uh, majority of them, yeah. That's stupid. Yeah. If you if you're rushing the field after you beat NC State by fifty, that's just embarrassing. Yeah, <laughs> for, for both parties. <laughs> yeah, for both parties. I just ask that you keep Trevor Lawrence healthy because he's going to be looking good in purple next year. Oh, oh. And my number one selection, Tyler, you know. had it, but I'm sticking with it. Thanksgiving football. Yep. There is nothing like waking up in the morning, smelling that turkey starting to roast in the oven. You turn on Fox or CBS, it flips, you know. You mm -hmm. turn on the Lions game. 
you're you're catching them getting getting killed murdered all right <laughs> <laughs> then you turn on the cowboys game okay uncle gary starts to lose his mind once the cowboys are starting to get killed in the second half <laughs> uh shout out uncle gary and then, and then the, the night game you turn that on and it's Probably Saints Falcons. I think we've seen that four years in a row now. So. Yeah, it, hopefully we don't get that this year. <laughs> do, I'm sure the Falcons will blow it, and then uh, oh, shout out Blake. There, <laughs> shout out Blake. Yeah. Turkey, mashed potatoes, green bean casserole. One tradition I'm surprised you didn't have on your list, Anthony, is the uh, the Notre Dame play like a champion today, hitting the what? sign, or or yeah, skull from the Vikings, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's only a couple years old. That's why I probably didn't put it I like on. That, yeah. Okay, that's good. Come 20 years from now, the Skull Champ will definitely be on the list. All right. All right. So those Very are your good. sports traditions. Hey, we know you didn't agree with some of them. We know you did. So let us know. Tweet us at Last Place Pod. Tweet us. Let us know. What did we miss? Yeah, there's plenty of traditions out there. All right. Let's hear your top five. Well, we are very excited to get to our butts and seats segment now that we've been invigorated by Jesse Cole's uh, interview. Uh, just, just fantastic take on the sports entertainment business. I want to see what you guys picked after that that great interview. Who we so, starting with? I'm first. Butts and seats. Yeah, you're up. All right. So I don't remember if we've had this team on this before have we has anyone done the brooklyn cyclones no we have not had the brooklyn cyclones no? nope. so they had a pregnancy night uh -oh. <laughs> <laughs> where they had pregnant women throughout the first pitch sold right. pregnancy craving food which i guess pickles ice cream and anchovy pizza it's pretty weird okay and then pregnant fans were able to go on the field during the seventh inning and sing, take me out to the ball game. Pre-game, I don't know if I'm pronouncing this right. Lamaze classes in center field. Lamaze, I believe it's Lamaze. Lamaze. <laughs> and then here's the kicker. Free season tickets for any woman who gave birth by the end of the game. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay <laughs> like some ladies like nine months pregnant like honey we need to get well, this no, well i was i was reading an article and they interviewed somebody and he was like yeah my wife is due like next week and we're like hey season tickets might be worth it so they went to the game <laughs> oh my gosh because <laughs> he said that his he wanted his child to be like a cyclone fan forever so he's like why not just get him born at the game I think it's a pretty, pretty hot take to want to do that, but I mean, big Cyclone fans in Brooklyn <laughs> ever since <laughs> the Dodgers left. <laughs> uh, all right. So for, for for our listeners' reference, the Brooklyn Cyclones are the Class A short season, so that's rookie ball, affiliate of the New York Mets. Oh no. So, <laughs> You live in Brooklyn, so greater New York, of course, one of the okay. boroughs. 
Mm-hmm. And you, you want your child to be a lifelong Cyclones fan. A rookie ball. The team may not even be there when the child is like ten. <laughs> like <laughs> probably better than being a Mets fan though in a recent year. So well, yeah, well, <laughs> you know, you're not wrong. <laughs> well, anyways, butts and seats. I honestly Hello? think yes. I mean, they did a lot of free. I mean, like pregnancy. Yeah, I guess I like know, aimed promotion. The Lamaze class or whatever that is, and the the what was the other like giveaway thing? Wasn't there another giveaway? I mean, they sold pregnancy craving food. Oh. Which pickles, ice cream, and I don't know anchovy pizza. I'm still going no. I, I'm I'm gonna say no. And pregnant throughout the first no. pitch. I think it's close. I, I mean. I, Evidently, it got somebody. You know, there was an interview with that. Right. Mm-hmm. Maybe he was the only one that showed up. Right. <laughs> I don't know. I think it, I think it was crazy enough where I think people would go. If you're on the front office staff, I think your goal is that somebody gives birth during the game. Mm-hmm. National news. I think that's your goal with that. Okay. So, so uh, but I don't know. It's borderline. Now, I mean, I've, I've worked in rookie ball. The Burlington Royals are rookie ball. Um, their fans are very committed to that team. So I don't know if it's a rookie ball thing or if it was just a Burlington thing. I mean, Burlington people, I mean, but I still say no. I, I'm on the fence, but I say I'm leaning no. There's just so, so many other things to do in Brooklyn. Yeah. But now we're criticizing the team, not necessarily the theme. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm leaning towards no. Yeah. Okay, cool. I think. Thanks anyway, Sam. Appreciate it. Hey, yeah. Yeah, guys, no problem. See ya. All right. (laughs) For bus and seats, Tyler, please. All right. uh, Returning organization, West Virginia Power, ladies and gentlemen. All right. We got. now, this, this does fit in with the West Virginia crowd, which is why I believe that uh, <laughs> that butts and seats, yes. Uh, redneck night. So we've got lots of elements here. we got mason jar giveaway to okay. put your moonshine in. Mm-hmm. Uh, best mullet contest. I mean, <laughs> come on, Sam. How many mullets have you seen since you've been in West Virginia? Honestly, only one. Still more than I've seen in the past a, few months. It's a good looking mullet, though. I'll say that. Dirtiest truck contest. <laughs> Line dancing during the game. Uh, hillbilly horseshoes, which is toilet rings. Oh, okay. I, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, they had redneck sushi, which is rice and spam <laughs> at the concession stand. And wait for it. <laughs> A wedding on the field, sponsored by a local radio station. There is your redneck night for the West Virginia power. Butts and seats, yes. Please do, do explain. Say? I mean, it's just, it, it's West Virginia. I what mean, what year did it happen? I don't know. It doesn't say. But I'm sure I could probably find it. Because <laughs> I don't think you could pull that off in today's time. 
Because people won't I get don't offended think by the stereotypes. Yeah. yeah I, mean, I mean, my that's my question too. Say nineteen. <laughs> Last year. Different era. Different era. <laughs> but that, that was a question I had. Is it is West Virginia? Okay. It, like I almost feel like the fans would feel like they're getting made fun of. Yeah. Oh no! This is a reoccurring thing. This is a different redneck night. Mm. Now, being from the South, yeah, people, please. People from the South, they are very proud to be called redneck. To be honest, like as long as it's not at like an attacking term, like you stupid redneck. That I mean, you don't want to get called that, but like that. I mean, they're like, yeah, hell yeah, brother. Like, <laughs> I've trip. never heard someone do that before. <laughs> Well, that's because you lived in Raleigh, dude. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm from the. You don't big have those city. people in Raleigh. I lived out in the middle of nowhere in Burlington, North Carolina. There's plenty of people who just hang out in the Walmart parking lot, rev up their trucks that are lifted, drink beer out in the middle of fields. Like, it's a good, good time out there. <laughs> but yeah, this is apparently a reoccurring. Uh, yeah, they they turned they've actually turned it into uh, post game concerts as well. Oh, well, I think it's yes. Uh, I think well, then, it, in that case, yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, now, yes, but, like, that, yeah. yeah, see, uh, West Virginia Power hosts its third annual, and that was in 2014. Well, at so, that point, we know it's doing something right. Yeah. yeah. So. I, think, I think down there, you, people may enjoy the concert more than the baseball. Well, yeah. you're not wrong. So, so I think I, it's a yes. Yes. I think mm-hmm. it's yes. I've sold you guys on Redneck Night. Love it. Maybe maybe a next one I'll uh, go to. Who knows? Yeah. All right. Mine is from the Northwoods League. The Ooh. summer baseball collegiate league up here. Okay, this is from the Bismarck Larks. Okay. Uh, Bismarck. <laughs> North name. Dakota. Did we figure that out? North that Dakota. was North Dakota. Yeah, that North was North Dakota. Dakota. All right. We figured Dakota. out the North- Pierre, South Dakota. That's what yes. it was. Know your state capitals, folks. All right. The Bismarck Larks. Now, this is a season-long promotion. This isn't necessarily a theme night. So, it's the butts and seats is, is this a good promotion to raise awareness of the ball club? Okay. So, this is the Bismarck Funeral Home and Crematory. What's on your bucket list? Why do people do these kind of promotions? No. <laughs> Between right. the circle of life. What's on your bucket list? We want to know. In 2018, okay. Darren always dreamed of becoming a pilot, a bucket list item from day one. The diehard Larks fan never thought he would see the day he would fly high in the sky. Then in 2019, Lynette and Jay lived out their bucket list wish. They always wanted to see the Rose Bowl parade in Pasadena, California. Being faithful fans of the Larks, they found themselves flying to California to enjoy warmer weather and the gorgeous floral parade. Thanks to Bismarck Funeral Home, Darren's and the Schmaltz dreams became reality. Now it's your turn to mark something off your bucket list. This season, you could win $1,000 towards the experience of a lifetime. The Larks and Bismarck Funeral Home are going to give one lucky fan the chance to check off a wish on their bucket list with some hardcore cash. That should be cold hard cash. Fill out the form below and tell us your top bucket list item. They'll randomly draw one winner and announce the winning fan at the end of the season. Okay. I'll tell you why I love this promotion. Okay. One, 
you are getting so much data. Oh, for sure. Contact yeah. lists on contact lists on con. Mm -hmm. These people yep. are going to be hearing phone calls from their ticket office for months, so they got <laughs> for years, years. First and last name, phone, email, address. Yeah. Fifty-five years or older. Worth it alone. One item on your bucket list, and how did you hear about the promotion? Social media, game day program, PA announcement, e-newsletter, friend, other. Love it. Number two. For latest information delivered to your inbox. Number two on why I love this promotion. The funeral home sponsor. Yeah. That's genius. Absolutely genius. The, now, now, like you said, Sam, the circle of life thing, I don't know if that was the greatest like way to incorporate a funeral home. No, yeah, but yeah. this, genius. Yeah, this is good. Three, you are giving fans the opportunity to live out something they've always wanted to do. Why are we in this business? Because yeah. of the fans. Very true. Absolutely butts and seats. I mean, butts and contact forms. I don't know. Sure. Whatever yeah. it is, I love it. <laughs> Winner. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's my favorite. <laughs> well, and, and did you did you notice that the funeral home's only giving you a thousand dollars towards it? Yeah, but that's still mm. significantly a lot yeah. of money, especially right. in Bismarck, North Dakota. Oh, you're a millionaire. <laughs> <laughs> so, you can buy the state yeah. with that money. I mean, how, how many of these people have been out of North Dakota? Probably not many. No. Right. I think I think it's great. I, I think you're absolutely right. I think the also key thing is what we're always talking about most of the time during this segment is your one theme night. And you're essentially using all of your efforts towards that one night. Once that theme night's over mm -hmm. with, it is what it is. And whoever right. didn't come out to the ballpark, you're not getting anything out of them. Mm -hmm. Whereas this is a season-long promotion – and all this funeral home is doing is, from we, what we can tell, is putting up a thousand. Just put up a thousand bucks, yeah. Yeah. Easy. Which I mean, if and if so, you've ever seen pricing for a funeral is like that's a lot. That's of the cost. For them. Well, your, yeah. your average costs of a, a death is like ten grand, I think. Yeah, like I it's, no at but least yeah. the rest of the country. Maybe in North Dakota, they just dig a little hole and put you in. There. <laughs> hey, we got a North. We might have a North Dakota audience. Calm down. No. <laughs> Uh, Orson Wentz, if you're listening. Go, <laughs> go Bison. <laughs> the Bison. So, I, I agree. A lot of great information, a lot of good contact information for them. And from what we can tell, the Larks aren't putting up a dime for it, which in the Northwoods right. League, every single dime matters. Exactly. So, yeah. Craps to the Larks. Maybe we'll have to get somebody from the Larks to join the podcast. That would be a lot of fun. So, that does it for this week's podcast. Again, if you see any great theme nights out there, season-long promotions, anything, any interesting merchandise maybe that you see out there, feel free to send it our way. Send it to myself, Tyler, Sam. Tweet it at us, at LastPlacePod on Twitter. Also, some other great ways you can support the podcast. You can purchase a T-shirt, $25. You can get a gray, a white, or a black T-shirt. Great way to not only financially support the podcast, but to support us out in the community. And maybe you're at the grocery store or supermarket or whatever you call it in your different regions. And somebody says, what is that? Well, you say it's the last place podcast. I love to listen to it. One hour a week, easy on your commute. We appreciate that as well. 
And make sure to follow the podcast on Twitter, as I just mentioned, at Last Place Pod. We are finishing up a T-shirt giveaway, so maybe yes. if you haven't purchased one yet, feel free to comment and retweet, and we'll put your name in the hat and potentially pull your name and get a free T-shirt sent your way. So thank you again, Tyler and Sam. Any last words, since I take the last words every week? Um, just everyone be safe. Wear a mask, as you usually say each week. Uh, and let's hope everybody has a, has a good rest of their week and a good weekend. Watch some football. Yep. We're, we're getting close to uh, Big Ten and Pac-12 coming back. So I'm happy my Oregon Ducks will be back on the field soon in November. And uh, hopefully we won't be bad. <laughs> so. And action. And Maxion's coming Maxion, back. Yeah. Maxion is back, baby. Get ready and for I some Tuesday and Wednesday more. games. Yes, Maxion is back. So. Feel free to send some hand warmers my way. Yeah, will do. All right, thanks, guys. See you.